I forgot what D'Artagnan taught me and got my dick burned by a laser. This is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is going to be a shockingly honest exposition of a bit of my sordid history and a surprising mindset transformation lesson is in here for you guys. And you are definitely going to want to check out the article version of this if you're listening to the podcast as I designed a really clever, one of my most clever ever podcast video slides for this one. It's got D'Artagnan from that classic movie, Man in the Iron Mask, the Eiffel Tower in the background, and a laser beam burning it. Not so subtle, metaphorical representation of what happened to me. Yes, I've had my dick burned by scalding laser pinpricks over and over again for about 20 minutes. Why the hell did you subject yourself to that, you ask? Well, it was a surgery I had to undergo because I forgot something very noble, and kingly that I once believed. I was sold and lived a lie for about a decade, a lie that you might be really bought into, as I was. Is a laser-powered penis cauterizing session in your future? Well, that's up to you. So I tell the whole sordid story of why I needed my dick lightsabered in chapter 17 of my book for men. Don't stick your dick in a blender. I'll quote from it. My HPV infection resulted in small genital warts that neither my wife nor I had noticed you need to get those removed before you have sex again, the doctor explained. The wart removal options were acid or laser. So, of course, I decided to get my warts burned off with the laser because lasers are awesome. It took about 20 minutes. It wasn't excruciating torture, but it ranks up there as one of the most unpleasant experiences of my life. If you ever need that extra degree of motivation to not raw dog a blender, just imagine receiving scalding laser pinpricks all over your cock and balls. And then we still had to wait a month to have sex. So I had stuck my dick in a blender, had sex with an inglorious and shoddy hoe, repeatedly.
What is the plural of ho? How do you spell that? I know how to say it, hose, but I've always been confused whether you spell it with an E or whether you just spell it H-O-S. Anyways, that's a tangent not worth exploring. I had contracted what's so predictably contractible and had to deal with the scalding consequences. And believe me, the laser wart removal was just the tip of the consequence iceberg. I forgot something noble and kingly. There's a profound line in the classic movie, The Man in the Iron Mask, where the noble musketeer d'Artagnan tells King Louis XVI, I think it is possible for one man to love one woman all his life and be the better for it. I loved this line, and this movie is well worth a watch. It showcases old-school men of courage and conviction, but I haven't really lived up to that line. D'Artagnan is telling the promiscuous young king that he can devote his life to one woman and be a better man for it. I forgot the heroic musketeer's words of wisdom and would need to be reminded of them painfully. For about a decade, I embraced promiscuity, sleeping with almost any woman that would have me. I did this at first recklessly at the encouragement of my drinking buddies that influenced me more than I them. But then later, under the guise of personal growth, in pursuit of novelty, adventure, and challenge, there were no new lands to be conquered, so I turned my conquistador's eye toward women. Inspired by YouTube pickup artist gurus, I'm sure you've seen them out there, I devoted myself to the practice of the art of seduction across three continents. I approached women relentlessly in bars, clubs, farmers markets, and as they strolled down the street from Medellin to Kiev. And frankly, I wasn't very good at it. I kept a spreadsheet, as all seducers worth their salt do, where I tracked my approaches to dates, numbers, and eventually I deleted it because it was a reminder that relative to others, I just wasn't a great pickup artist, or so I thought. I also didn't particularly enjoy the time spent or even the sex with the women I met. The sex was in a word, forgettable. I always wore condoms. Yes, you can get HPV, even wearing condoms. And we all know how pleasant, quote-unquote, safe sex is. Sometimes I wouldn't even come. Sometimes I'd 
disappoint her by coming way too soon, thanks to my extended periods of no-fabbing. Being hookup sex, they didn't know how to, or perhaps they didn't even really care to, properly pleasure me, and I them, of course. It was the furthest thing from pure, passionate, throw caution to the wind, sex. What drove me as a seducer was not animal desire, but instead the challenge. I've long believed that life was too easy, too comfortable, and sought out ways to make it uncomfortable. But at the same time, it was selfish. I reveled in the thrill of the hunt without much concern for the costs of my promiscuity to women. I adopted a really toxic mindset from those YouTube pickup artist gurus who have now transformed themselves into generic, uh, positive, transformation, mindset kind of gurus so that they don't get censored off YouTube. And here was the toxic mindset. Sleep with any woman you find attractive, any woman as soon as possible for the reference experience, regardless of her character, which appeals to the most basal of male instincts. I also came to hold a terribly popular reductionist view of male's sexuality, that I needed perpetual novelty with women, that I was programmed to be promiscuous by my genes. This might be something that you also believe, because a bunch of smart-sounding people repeated it. I believed that I'd be psychologically suppressing some important part of myself if I didn't constantly refill my life with new women. Let's talk about the hypocritical nonconformist. My entire life, I've prided myself on being a rebel and nonconformist, on breaking society's silly little rules. I have a simmering, low-level hatred for everything mainstream. I don't like professional sports. I don't like popular music. I'm an arbitrary contrarian. Put me in a room full of atheists and I'll argue the merits of religion and put me in a room full of Christians and I'll challenge them too. I've never got a tattoo because tattoos are so dreadfully common. And I supported President Trump when it was unstylish to do so in a 90-minute television debate that uh, aired in Kiev, actually. But in a major way, selfishly, and with dire consequences, I conformed to society. I joined the ranks of the sheeple by embracing 
promiscuity, adopting cavalier, stylish attitudes about sex. Don't kid yourself, guys. Mainstream society, from its movies and music to its TED Talks and New York Times best-selling reductionist sexperts, society is doing its damnedest to sell you on promiscuity. Do what thou wilt, and you'll enjoy a cinematic, consequence-free life of sexual abandon, just like the good-looking people on TV. This is what mainstream culture tells us over and over again thousands of times. Do it because it feels good. Don't worry about the consequences. If you buy this lie, you're no rebel. You're just a useful idiot in a monolithic Ponzi scheme, as I was. I met my now wife at a language exchange in Sofia, Bulgaria, through a wingman. In third place behind challenge-seeking and selfish pleasure, what drove me as a seducer was that I actually did want to meet a nice girl and start a family. Over the two years I dated her, I would find myself thinking often, she's the best I've ever gotten. And I discovered something that those pickup artist gurus rarely mention, which is that monogamous sex is a lot better in a committed relationship with a quality woman. You figure out what each other like in bed. You can dispense with the pleasure robbing condom and you can embrace the unbearable lightness of being. You can create a moment together that you'd be content to replay for all eternity. Go watch that movie again. Maybe you haven't watched it before. It's a, it's, it's a, an interesting movie. It'll give you something to think about. I do have the trailer for it embedded in the article version of that, so go check that out, at least. Let's talk about mindset transformation. Going into the marriage, I was certain of one thing. I would not have an affair. I would never be a cheater, and I've held to that. In fact, we've structured our life together in such a way as to avoid all temptation and opportunity to cheat. It's better to avoid temptation than to resist it. We both work from home and we only socialize, go out together. I follow Mike Pence's rule, which is no business dinners with women without my wife there. But I held on to a promiscuous mindset, which was that I, as a man, needed to observe the beauty of different women. As a result, I enjoyed porn infrequently and would oogle the slutty photos that are unavoidable 
on social media. I'm just giving myself a little visual variety, I told myself. I justified my behavior, my snooping around on the internet as a preventative measure. If I felt the desire to cheat, I'd relieve myself with images of other women. And I never did feel the desire to cheat. And eventually, of course, my wife eventually found what I was looking at in my browser history. I had explained to her in vague terms that I might use porn to satisfy my desire for visual novelty. But when she found the porn, it enraged her and broke her heart. To me, it was just mindless internet entertainment, but to her, it was a betrayal. When we dated and before we married, we discussed what exactly constituted cheating to us. We both agreed it was not cheating to observe and quietly appreciate for just a moment the beauty of a stranger of the opposite sex passing on the street, for example. But I took this as my hall pass to indulge in a little porn use. With the clarity of hindsight, my porn use was a betrayal of the spirit of our marriage and that sacred commitment to forsake all others. And it had a dire effect on my wife's self-esteem and our marital tranquility for months. My wife does not have a history of promiscuity as I do. So discovering my desire for the fakest of women was devastating. In one of the more difficult conversations of my life, she confronted me with what she had found and demanded change, which oddly was a relief for me. It was a reason to quit a shameful bad habit that I didn't even enjoy very much. Properly motivated, I never returned to porn. What lingered, though, was a toxic self-belief that I'd be somehow unfulfilled as a red-blooded man with testosterone pumping through my veins without a little visual variety. This had to change. So I employed the epigenetic mindset transformation meditation method developed by Dr. Joe Dispenza. It is a powerful tool for personal change. And since that 50-minute meditation session, I've had zero desire to watch porn or peek at slutty photos on social media. In the article, I do link to 
another article where I have a really in-depth explanation of this epigenetic mindset transformation meditation method. And I do urge really everybody to go check that out, especially if there's some mindset that is holding you back. This is one of the the top mindset tools that I have come across in my nearly decade now of, of uh, emerging myself in this field. In fact, now when attractive women cross my path in the real world, I pay them about as much as attention as you would a soap advertisement. My lustful eyes are now for my wife only. But rebuilding trust is not so easy. So with some regularity, I take her hands, look her in the eyes, and reassure her. I've never found any woman, no matter in real life or on the internet, any hotter, sexier, more ravishing, or more intoxicating than you. No other woman I've ever seen, no matter from my past or on the internet, has been able to unleash that animal lust inside of me that I have for you. Absolutely no woman I dated in Colombia or that I masturbated to has made me desire them like I desire you. I've never woken up with a raging boner with any of those women on my mind the way I did for you this morning. Really, nearly every morning. And it's the truth. My wife's beauty outshines that of the women of my past. And I don't say that just to compliment her. She has a busty, petite uh, figure. She has those uh, fantastic hourglass model-like proportions. My desire for visual variety, blonde, brunette, Latina, is gone. Now, it is possible to to change these kinds of mindsets. When I inevitably scroll past a slutty little profile photo on social media, if anything, I now experience a bit of revulsion or boredom. Does this mean that I'm suppressing something within myself? No. For the first time in my life, I'm free sexually, with nothing to feel guilty about. My mindset transformation has unlocked a new level of sexual hedonism and joy for us. I want her now more than ever. In my eyes, my wife has just become hotter, sexier, more intoxicatingly beautiful. Her alluring curves inviting boobies, shapely ass, and smooth skin awaken something within me that slumbered during my decade of promiscuity. Before I aligned my sexuality completely with my moral compass, 
I was never a truly sexual man, burning with sexual desire, yielding boldly a formidable cock. I was just an opportunist trying to prove myself. Okay, my dudes. In conclusion, if you're a single guy sleeping with random women or hoping to, if you're a single guy out there enjoying the decline, and boy, there's a lot of decline to be enjoyed, isn't there? After reading this, after listening to this, you can no longer tell yourself that you're doing it because you're rebelling against society's silly rules. Oh no, you're following society's silly rules. You're a quintessential conformist, a dutiful dogmatist, an acquiescent consumer. If you're the kind of person who doesn't drink Coca-Cola because you understand that it's a seriously unhealthy, cheap thrill consumed voraciously by the most unthinking only because of a constant barrage of misleading advertising, you should really re-examine any stylish, libertine attitudes you might still hold about promiscuity. It's a shitty product you shouldn't buy. D'Artagnan was right. You can love one woman your whole life, and you'll be a better man for it. Of course, I can just imagine what a lot of single guys listening to this might be thinking at this point, though. They might be saying, well, that's a very romantic sentiment. I see some value in monogamy. I don't want to get my dick burned by a laser. But how do I meet a woman worth loving my entire life? Most of the women I meet are barely worth a callback. Sadly, in modernity, few women are worth loving your whole life. And trying to do so with the wrong kind of woman may even make you worse, to be honest. There's a stack of filtering and advanced social dynamics strategies that must be employed to meet and seduce such a worthy women, woman. And I break that all down in exhaustive detail in my book for men, which is Don't Stick Your Dick in a Blender, How to Meet a Nice Girl Instead from a Tantric Husband with a Better Sex Life Than You. Yes, in case you're wondering, the uh, laser dick surgery did not have uh, did not have permanent effects. Everything is working better than ever down there now. So that's my story. Do drop me a comment uh, wherever you're listening to this on social media, or maybe you don't want to drop a comment publicly because it's such a uh, boy, such a personal subject. Maybe you want to shoot me a message letting me know about what sort of challenges you're 
dealing with, letting me know where you are at on that uh, spectrum of mindsets about promiscuity and women and sex. And I wouldn't mind uh, talking to you. I could, in fact, uh, I could, in fact, direct you to chapters of my book that are most appropriate. Very smart men, well-intentioned men, screw their lives up all the time by choosing the wrong kinds of women to invite into their lives, to invite into their beds. It's more complicated than ever doing the dating and courtship thing in modernity. And that's why I wrote a book, a very practical book that uh, breaks everything down and explains uh, a set of red flags to be wary to, and then goes into a lot of detail with the practicals, the how-tos, and the life hacks. So if you enjoyed this podcast, you'll really love that book. I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, looking forward to a continued conversation with you.